This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and you're joining me after the biggest comeback in Raptors history. Not only that, but the biggest comeback in the NBA in over a decade. The biggest comeback of the 2010s, coming back from 30 points to defeat the Dallas Mavericks, who, yes, are without Luka Doncic. However, comma, the Raptors are without Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol. Norman Powell, the ever-important Dewan Hernandez. All these things, all these people contribute to the Raptors immensely, and this game was such a revolution and such a, a landmark in the Raptors' history that I've brought on people to talk about the game. The first is Nick Nurse, the second Bob from Bob's Burgers, and the third, uh, our guy from Brooklyn. The Brooklyn fan, yes, he's he's back, and we've brought him in, and we're gonna talk about the game through through their eyes initially, and then I'll get into breaking it down. So, Nick, we're gonna start first with you, and I'd I'd like to know what what were you thinking when you decided to roll out the full court press for what was basically a full quarter, and on the back end of that, you decided to have the Raptors trap relentlessly, and then everything game, you know, came down to how. Boucher was able to negotiate the space in the mid-range and deny the rim to the rest of the Mavericks. What do you what what inspired that? Well, as you know, right, they were getting a lot of penetration. Jalen Brunson, he was doing a good job, and so we were trying to see if something would stick. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is kind of killing us on the back end there. You saw him make some shots, right? So we thought we might try have Boucher do something. He was pretty good on the scramble in practice lately, and. You know, we thought, you get the young guys out there. We were down by 30 at one point, as you saw, and there was an early part of the year in which these guys, they were pretty good at the scramble. So I thought, you know, might as well throw it at the wall, see if it sticks, right? And so uh, I couldn't be happier with performance of the guys. That's all. I talked about this earlier in the season, which, you know, I, all we want is a defensive intensity. And, right, so we, we're looking for guys who are going to compete on defense, Got a little bit of length to go along with that. We're able to execute this game pretty well, right? And you, obviously, we saw how that turned out. So, it, it, I'm real proud of the guys. And there's just, there's, it's hard to put into words what, what was able to happen tonight. And there's no question, uh, our guy, Kyle Lowry, he uh, 
he helped shepherd us into that, and he was great on the front end of the defense and great on the front end of the, the offense. And as you saw, he had a bunch of points, put a bunch of them in the fourth quarter and helped take us home. A couple huge threes, right? So, you know, uh, I got to get out of here, but it was it was a hell of a performance. I'm, I'm real proud of the guys, right? Well, thank you for stopping by. I I so appreciate your insight, and it's it's such an honor to have you on the podcast, of course, and b- big congratulations to you, of course, on, you know, on getting the biggest comeback in in Raptors history. It's, it's a hell of an achievement. And next in line, we have Bob from Bob's Burgers, and he's he's here to talk about the game as well. He's He's been very interested in the Raptors this year, and uh, he, he most recently came on the podcast to talk about the New York Knicks game. This game, obviously, a lot more closer, a lot more contentious, a lot more heart and uh, chutzpah being put out there on the court. And uh, I thought, you know, we'll bring him on the podcast, see what he thinks. Bob? Yeah, I don't know what to say, honestly. It's a hell of a team to cheer for. <laughs> they, Those guys, they can, they can really run. They got, you know, very long arms on each side of their torsos. It isn't just you know, one long arm, one short arm, you know, I, my arms are, well, one is, they're both short, so I'm not very good at that either, if they had put me on the court, probably a liability, but, they, you know, they did a great job with the scheme, things were pretty hairy early on, and that was one of my favorite games to watch of basketball ever, so, I, I, I just thought it was great, and I just wanted to talk to you about how, is it, it's a, Tina, Daddy's doing an interview. You gotta listen. I gotta go. Okay, but I love the Toronto Raptors. They're fantastic. I, uh, but thank you, Sam, for having me on. It's uh, an honor and uh, a privilege. So uh, I'll get out of here. Well, Bob, I'd like to thank you too. Thank you for lending your voice to this podcast and your thoughts and your insight on the game. The last person we're gonna ask about this before we really get into the teeth of what made this go. We're going to talk to the fan from Brooklyn who became such a fan of the Raptors watching Pascal Siakam's star rise, and especially in the playoffs. It's, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk to him right now. How, how did you enjoy the game? Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Pascal Siakam. He's, I mean, that's my guy. He's pretty much the reason why I started cheering for the Raptors. And, you know, he, he brings something to Florida special, and I saw that embodied today and what the Raptors were doing and especially that Lakers game I caught way back in the season when they were giving them the smack and Chris Boucher had a terrific fourth quarter in that game and Pascal Siakam was cooking that Kuzma kid. He was, oh man, he had him lit over the barbecue and he was 7 for 7 for 18 points. He, he, he embarrassed them and I, I quite like seeing the Raptors do that kind of thing and they embodied the ethos of Pascal's game that the scramble on the defense, the do whatever you can on offense, and I just, man, what a treat to watch this team. It was just so much fun. I wasn't so sure if I was going to like, you know, watching these Raptors uh, once Pascal was injured, and it, it hurt me deep in my heart when I saw that he went down with the groin injury, but let me tell you, I've been a fan, and Chris Boucher, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, a guy that I am, you know, I'm quite aware of. And also Terrence Davis, Kyle Lowry. Maybe maybe most importantly Kyle Lowry. I love this guy. Basically everything he does. They say Philly. I see Brooklyn as well. He just embodies that. He's got... You said it early on in the podcast. I heard you. Chutzpah. 
wow, Kyle Lowry over everything. I think Kalo is the nickname. I, I love the guy, and I just I wanted to say that, and boy, what a player. This team you got here is special, and I just I think you really got to, you guys got to appreciate it. So th- thank you for having me on. I'll get out of your hair. It, go Raptors. I'm excited to watch them on Christmas. Well, thank you very much, Brooklyn fan, for popping in. That, that rounds out our interviews to introduce the podcast. And now I'm going to jump into the game. And what we saw first is McCaw started off the game, Patrick McCaw, that is, with a wonderful, a wonderful performance. Initially, he, he came in, he hit a triple to, to kick things off. He got a, a steal off of Porzingis, pushed in transition, found a cutting OG Ananobi for a layup, forced another turnover off Tim Hardaway Jr., and that was how the game started, and the Raptors jumped out to an 18-6 lead, seemingly on the back of McCaw's early six points, which, considering for how many points he had at that point in the game, felt like he had scored 38. It was like, wow, McCaw is Tracy McGrady now, because we're not used to getting that type of offensive input from a guy like McCaw. So when it comes, and the Raptors jump out to an 18-6 lead, and they put McCaw on Porzingis on the uh, the defensive end. Serge Ibaka is killing the Mavericks on the glass early on. The Mavericks have completely abandoned the idea of offensive rebounding. The Raptors are forcing a ton of misses. The Mavericks are all out of sorts early on. And it looked like the Raptors had done a wonderful scheme to dissuade the Mavericks from going to what they like to. And, and it, w- it was really good early on. Things did break down later, obviously. The Raptors were in a position where they had to come back down from down 30, which is, that's a big deficit, if we're being honest. It's quite large. The Mavericks, but to get back to the start of the game, the Mavericks had a lot of trouble scoring early on. But the Mavericks, their defense and their bench play has been really good with Doncic out. It's how they were able to get past the 76ers. It's how they beat the Bucks. Is they do have a bench mob type of thing going on. And they rode that to great success. As soon as Porzingis came out, DeLon Wright came in, and they had their bench going, Maxi Kleber, guys like that. They broke off an 8-0 run. They got back into the game. The Raptors, their offense dried up a little bit. The rapid relocation of Lowry and Van Vliet switching off each other. Offensively, there was just less action going on. The Serge Ibaka pick and roll, missing a little bit of the speed or the, the width that it usually has as well. And so not being able to create a lot of shots out of that either. The first quarter ends at 20-17. to 17. Neither team scoring exceptionally well. But for that portion of the game, Ibaka had been the best big. And that was really, really important to what the Raptors were trying to do. Because Ibaka was giving the Raptors extra possessions by getting to the offensive glass. And he was doing a really good job of keeping the Mavericks at bay defensively. So having that change later on in the game to where Ibaka went from having... You know, kind of a beastly game to this was a game he'll probably want to forget about was a big difference for the Raptors defense, especially in the middle quarters. And in the second quarter, we saw Nurse trot out the Lowry plus bench unit that it found some success, but the Mavericks bench unit was was keeping pace and maybe even outpacing a little bit. And then Lowry checked out for a break and Van Vliet got to go with the bench unit and that was much less successful the Raptors' offense had dried up completely to that point. Ibaka started being less effective on defense and on offense. So the Raptors really had no presence inside. But guys like 
Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher. We're playing pretty well off of Lowry. Boucher, so much tantalizing length and potential that it, it reminds you of how good the Lowry and Bebe Nagara pick and roll was. It was immaculate, and you want that same type of thing to develop with Boucher. And that did start happening later on in the game, but early it was Lowry creating these great lanes and Boucher maybe a little bit late to get to the dive or maybe going a bit early, but the the lane was there and the width was there for the pick and roll, so it was a little bit disappointing. And when Van Vliet came in the game, like I said earlier, things did dry up. For the last four minutes of the quarter, the Raptors, it was Van Vliet and Lowry still trying to get everything going. The Raptors having a lot of trouble creating in the half court. And the Mavs starting to get a lot better at that. Guys like DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson starting to get some penetration, starting to move the Raptors' defense because the Raptors weren't really wanting to double. They weren't wanting to blitz, so they were trying to go man-to-man. They've been a really blitz-heavy and double-heavy team all year on defense. So changing the man-to-man, there are some weak spots there. They're really good at helping as far as sticking their man straight up just on a possession. They're not as strong as they were last year. But as we'll see later on in the game, man, they can they can really scramble. But the second half, sorry, the first half, it ended with a Porzingis bomb from downtown in which the Mavericks went up 51-42, to I believe. And then the third quarter started, and I think the Mavericks, they went out to a 16-2 run to start things off, which is horrible and terrible. The Raptors basically not able to create anything in the half court, not being able to get out in a lot of transition because the Mavericks, especially led by Jalen Brunson, I thought, had a very, very good game for the Mavericks. He was creating a lot of unrest in the Raptors' defense. He was beating his matchup. He was getting downhill and making the right passes out of that. And that's all the Mavericks needed. Get a couple swing, swing, shoot. And a lot of the times, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a really good third quarter. He hit some shots. Brunson hit some shots going downhill. Dwight Powell hit a triple. Dwight Powell was decent on the rim run. Porzingis would step in for, you know, a three every once in a while. And he's he's not super effective on offense. And don't, Porzingis definitely has a profound effect on the Mavericks defense, especially when they're funneling guys to the rim. But offensively, outside of these big swooping offensive rebounds for putbacks and these bombs from downtown that he's shooting what, 31% on on the season? Maybe not even that. He's not adding that much, and he's a terrible screen setter as well. So it was just weird to watch the Mavericks because there's so much going right for them in that game at that point in time, but Porzingis isn't linked to a lot of it on the offensive end, and he's this superb talent. He's called the Unicorn. That's his nickname because he's so unique, so special, but there's certain aspects of the game basic aspects of the game that he does not have down and he wasn't setting anybody loose with his screens but luckily the Mavericks they're still getting downhill as I said hitting their open shots Dorian Finney-Smith hitting threes Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting threes Maxi Kleber those types of things are happening and they keep happening until roughly two minutes 41 seconds left in the third quarter I believe when the deficit had reached 30 that's when you start going okay So what's it going to be? The Raptors don't even have a deep enough lineup right now because of all the injuries. 
they don't have a deep enough lineup to put out all, you know, a half 905, half bench, end of bench guys lineup because Dewan Hernandez is injured, Stanley Johnson is injured, Matt Thomas is injured, Pascal Siakam is injured, Marcus Gasol, Norma Powell, all injured. Six, six guys. That's insanity. It is absolute madness. Six guys, three of them from the starting lineup. It is absolute madness. And Fred in this game didn't look healthy either. He looked like they had to rush him back as though they knew they were short on guys. So they had to take a 75 to 80% Fred and ask him to create for the bulk of his teammates. Luckily, and this is where things start to turn in the Raptors' favor, they employ one of the greatest point guards of this age. I wrote the Hall of Fame pitch for Kyle Lowry. It's one of my most popular pieces of written work ever, and for good reason. The the future Hall of Famer Kyle Lowry came in, and his ability to tease these baskets and these cuts and these passes out of his teammates that they would never do, use, or think of without him on the floor. His ability to lift up this this group of people who are devoid of offensive creation and turn them into a juggernaut is the basis of the Lowry Plus bench unit that has dominated so many teams since Lowry joined the Raptors. Originally, Dwayne Casey's idea to pair Lowry, this genius, this non-ironic galaxy brain of a man, to the rest of the bench unit and to see, okay, while the starters aren't in, we can use Lowry, we can stagger Lowry and DeRozan, and we can use Lowry to lift up these guys so we start killing benches. And they did. And after the Mavericks bench had a really good start to this game, Lowry plus bench embodied everything that it has been and started to dominate the Mavericks bench unit. And they started making their way back into the game. As I said when I was talking to Nick Nurse earlier in this very podcast, and as he alluded to as well, there was full-court pressure being applied for nearly a full quarter. And as I said earlier on, and as Nick Nurse said earlier on in this podcast as well, the Raptors, they really know how to scramble. Terrence Davis II, Malcolm Miller, Chris Boucher, all these guys, okay, they can scramble, man. Kyle Lowry as well. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who found the dunker spot that he hasn't been able to find for maybe the past six games. All these things happened in one, it it happened in about two minutes. The Raptors realized, okay, we have have a gear here, and we're going to get there. And it's going to radically change how this game looks. And we'll see how radically we can change this game. Lowry's ability to lift up that offensive unit. And Terrence Davis, Malcolm Miller, Chris Boucher, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Their ability to go after the ball, pressure, with no regard for their stamina, no regard for their bodies, injuries, whatever. To get after the ball, to scramble, to double, to blitz, and to funnel the ball to guys who were reluctant to shoot, to send Jalen Brunson downhill, but not against Serge Ibaka, against Chris Boucher, who was playing some of the best defense he's ever played, negotiating the middle ground, making the mid-range 
the only available option, but a difficult one because his long, outstretched arms are going to make it hell to shoot over. And yes, they did finish a couple shots, but by God, there's a reason they only scored 21 in the fourth quarter. And the Raptors scored 47 points! 47 points in the fourth quarter. It's insanity. And that 47, largely on the back of Lowry's creation and his shooting. He finished with 32 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, 5 triples. He was a plus 5. The rest of the starting lineup combined. It was a minus 93. That's how much Lowry had to come out of. Everybody else in the starting lineup was at least a minus 20. Fred Van Vliet came back in for the tail end of the game because the Mavericks, and rightly so, started doubling Lowry above the break every single time. They're trying to get the ball out of his hands. He's such a smart player that oftentimes he didn't have to get rid of it, but they started doubling because he started raining hellfire on them. They were running drag screens with Terrence Davis. Lowry would go to his left, fading pull up for three. He was a heat pump. And once they got out and Fred VanVleet came back into the game, they started to run the pick and roll for Lowry and Boucher. And Lowry would put his own man in jail and keep his dribble in front of him, try and get Porzingis to step out, and there would be a streaking Boucher making his run to the rim, and Lowry would put the ball, bounce, and it would softly arrive in Boucher's hands, and he would run at the rim and earn free throws. It, it was masterful. Lowry put the team on his back to such an immense degree that it's even hard to explain. There's so many plays that he made in this game that will go in his career mixtape. This could be a career mixtape. This 30-point comeback on the shoulders of a giant. The biggest man. The bulldog from Bay Street. Kyle Lowry. It was such... It was a fantastic performance. It goes way beyond the pale. It is. It was incredible to watch. I got to watch this game with my mom. I just came back to Canada, and what a treat to be able to watch this game with her. And I haven't been able to watch a Raptors game with her for, well, geez, I guess that's the first Raptors game I've watched with my mom in over a year. So that was cool for me, and I told her, hey, you should come watch this game. And she did, and it ended up being one of the biggest regular season games of the 10 years of the Raptors. Did things get a little bit hairy down the stretch? Did Jalen Brunson stiff-arm Kyle Lowry, swing him to the side, and get an end one? Yes. Did Kyle Lowry come down the other end and deliver the perfect bounce pass at a 45-degree angle from his elbow to a streaking Chris Boucher who dunked all over the Mavericks to take the lead and what would be the game-winning basket? Did that happen? Yes. Was Kyle Lowry transcendent? Yes. Was Chris Boucher also transcendent? Yes. Did Malcolm Miller miss his jump shots? Yes. But was he incredible defensively? Yes again. Terrence Davis, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, magnificent performances. Just an all-around treat of a game to watch. And to steal a game like this is, it is immense. And what a treat in the holiday season for people to be able to, on a Sunday to, you know, an early game on Sunday to be able to sit back and watch a performance like this. What a comeback. What a, It was just wonderful to watch. The Reggie Evans Award, no doubt, goes to Kyle Lowry. I just waxed poetic about everything he's done 
everything he is and wow so much fun I just it's hard to put into words how great he was I tried um, hopefully I did a decent job I'm sure other people will write terrific gamers about this performance and yeah they'll they'll probably be more eloquent than I have been at least in the quick reaction the written part and now the quick reaction podcast but wow good for you Kyle Lowry Reggie Evans award all yours and the top quick reaction comment from B Herbs I think that's two games in a row B Herbs that you've got the top quick reaction comment it's it's starting to seem like you're very popular and and congrats for for being so popular but he says or she says either or I'm not sure but the name B Herbs seems uh like it could be anything quite honestly B Herbs says all credit where credit is due TD CB MM and RHJ got this win Lowry provided the points, but those four did all the little things to give us a chance. Yes, sir. I agree with that. That was, like I said earlier in the podcast, those four ganged together to scramble, blitz, and double their way back into this game, and Lowry took care of the offensive output. And it it was such a unique collection of performances from the Raptors, and it's it's just cool to see the Lowry plus bench paid off in this way all these years later. It's it's a cool thing, and I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Thank you very much for listening. If you're getting into this in the morning or at night, whenever it's happening for you, have a blessed day, enjoy the holiday season, and goodbye. <laughs>